Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Um, Howdy. <laughs> Denny and Brian here from Spark Rental on our weekly Facebook Live and podcast. Um, and please let us know if you're joining us, where are you joining us from? And any questions you have, just shoot them in the uh, chat. We will do our absolute best to answer them as we go along. Um, this is pretty relaxed. So we're not, <laughs> yeah, you if you see dogs flying in the back, you'll understand why. Not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, um, we, we talked to Nick Disney and, um, that was an interesting, um, just an interesting interview. Um, really cool guy does a little bit of this and a little bit of that all surrounding real estate, um, investing, but very interesting. Uh, yeah, you, I found it fascinating. He, he hadn't worked a, a real job in like 20 years. And even then, you know, he, he I yeah, I mean, like he, he basically had never worked a real job. I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, and today, Brian is going to talk to us about the comparison between investing in real estate and to, and stocks. So the, the difference between the, the returns, someday I'll get my speech back and <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah without further ado brian why don't you talk to us about stock market returns sure so if you look at the average return on the sp 500 since its inception back in the 1920s uh, i guess back then it wasn't the sp 500 it was like the s p 80 or something <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah if you go back to the inception of the s p uh, the average annual return on it, including dividends, has been around 10.5%. Um, you know, back in the 50s, uh, they, they upped it to 500 companies, and it's 500 of the largest companies in the US. Uh, so that's a pretty good return, right? Like 10.5% per year. Uh, obviously, some years it has a negative return, some years it goes down. Uh, other years it has a spectacular return. Uh, so, for example, last year in 2021, the S&P 500 returned a 28.41% return uh, if you include dividend, uh, dividends and reinvestment. Now, this year, uh, the stock market has not done so well. Uh, it's returned around negative 12.2% uh, year to date. Uh, I guess that's actually as of yesterday. So, you know, <laughs> today, today's numbers are not reflected, but you get the idea. Um, but yeah, so stock markets, a lot of volatility, but strong average growth uh, if you average it over time, you know, over the decades. And Any this given is year, definitely the time. reason that you speak all the time about diversification. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you want to have some money in stocks because these are strong average returns. Um, but if you are living on those returns, uh, you know, as a retiree, uh, this is why 
you don't see 80 year olds with 100% of their asset allocation in stocks <laughs> because the stock market can and does crash. All right. So, uh, and, and yeah, before we jump over to real estate returns, I will add that uh, stock market returns around the world do vary. You know, if you look at European stock market returns in the last 30 or so years, they're a little lower than the S&P 500 average return. You're, probably, you're looking at an average return in the 7 to 8% range in European stocks uh, over the last few decades. Um, some emerging markets, you can see higher returns, although they've actually been a little lower for the last decade. Um, but you know, as a general rule, stock market returns, you can count on 8 to 11% as sort of a, an average long-term return on the stock market. Right. So how about real estate? So real estate, you've got a couple options to invest in real estate. So, you know, it's, it's hard to, to pinpoint one average real estate return. Uh, if you own real estate properties directly, you know, for example, being a landlord, you know, like, like you and I talk about all the time, Denny, uh, returns depend on the individual deal, right? Um, and that means that your returns on a rental property depend on your skill level as an investor, uh, which is not the same as investing in, say, index funds in the stock market, uh, which requires zero skill at all. Um, so, I mean, you know, Denny, you and I, we've earned a 200% return on a land deal that we did not long ago, right. where, uh, you know, we, we sold the property for, you know, over three times what we bought it for. Uh, and it, it was a, it was a small deal, right? It was a piece of undeveloped land. Um, but you can earn, you know, crazy high returns on real estate if you know what you're doing. Um, novice investors usually lose money on their first rental property or on their first flip, or on, their, on their first deal. Um, broadly speaking, typical rental property income yields are usually in that 47% cap rate range. Um so that's just cash flow. That's just your income yield. Right. Uh, now, real estate doesn't just produce cash flow. It also appreciates over time, uh, at least on, on average. Um, so the national average uh, home price appreciation rate in the U.S. is around 4%. So the, the most recent number I found for that was actually from uh, a year or two ago, and it was like 3.9%. Um, of course, over the last two years, home prices have just skyrocketed. <laughs> Big time. Uh, and are actually throwing off that average. Uh, so for example, in 2021, uh, we had around a 19% national average for home price appreciation in the U.S. Now, in some markets, it was like 57%. I mean, it was yeah, crazy. like mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's been <And> crazy. In, <laughs> and in other markets, it, they barely bump, bumped up at all. Um, but yeah, so you're looking at a national average of around 4% annual average appreciation for your, your real estate prices. Uh, plus, a typical rental property cash flow yields in like the seven or five, four to 7% like cap rate range. Now, one thing that's different about real estate than stocks is you can leverage other people's money to buy it and invest in it, right? Like you can, you can borrow investment property loans to cover 80% of the cost of these properties. So Denny, you and I talk about this all the time, how leverage uh, magnifies the return on a deal. So if you buy a bad deal with leverage, you know, with, with you know, uh, financing most of the purchase price, 
you're going to go from a moderately bad return to a really bad return. If you leverage other people's money to buy a really good deal, then you are also going to magnify those positive returns. So you'll go from getting a, a decent, you know, good deal return on your cash to getting a spectacular cash on cash return. What do you think the number, like the number one or two reasons is that people don't get that return, that it makes it not such a great investment? Makes real estate not a great investment? Well, their their particular deal. Is it repairs? I mean, that's what I usually see is they, they jump into a deal and then something big occurs. So... You know, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, real estate, direct real estate investing requires knowledge and skill and labor uh, to to earn consistently decent returns. Uh, so that's why new investors often lose money. They don't have that knowledge and skill. So you know, they often end up with negative returns on their first deal or two, or very, you know, modest, mediocre returns on their first deal or two. And the more deals you do, and the more knowledge and skill you have, the the better your returns are going to get. Um, you know, I mean, we, we know investors who are veteran investors who won't invest for anything less than like a 14% annual return. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they, you know, they, they can consistently get returns in the teens or even the twenties because they, they know what they're doing. Right. Um, so it's really the, the number one differentiator is, is knowledge and skill for direct real estate investing. Um, and of course, bear in mind, you know, we were talking about rental properties specifically a minute ago, um, you know, there's all kinds of ways to invest directly in real estate from vacant land to self-storage to Airbnb properties to flips, you know, you name it. There's there's a million ways to invest directly in real estate. Um, and by the way, I did add a, a rental property ROI calculator link in the uh, in the comments. It's free. You can use it to calculate the returns on any given deal with leverage. Uh, there is a, a loan feature in there as well. All right. Now, directly buying real estate is not the only way to invest in real estate. And Denny, this is something you and I have talked about more and more over the last mm -hmm. year or two. Uh, real estate crowdfunding is a more recent way to invest in real estate. And it's great. <laughs> I, I have uh, a decent amount of my own personal money tied up in real estate crowdfunding investments. Um, we can walk through a couple examples of crowdfunding investments that I personally have money in and the exact returns that they offer to give you a sense for how those compare to both stock market returns and direct rental property investment returns. So uh, on the more conservative end and the more liquid end is concrete, and that's spelled uh, R-E-I-T, like REIT, like Real Estate Investment Trust. There's so. a link in the uh, chat if you want to check them out. There we go. Uh, so Concrete, what they do is they invest uh, in short-term, like hard money loans, basically, purchase rehab loans to real estate investors. So they, they put their money into a big pool of these loans. And when you invest in them, you buy shares in that big pool of loans. So they pay a 5.5% annual dividend. Uh, they do pay that- it's Better weekly, than a savings like account. Way better than a savings account. And unlike most real estate crowdfunding platforms, it's very liquid. And that's that's why they offer this this relatively modest return, you know, this 5.5%, because you can pull your money out anytime. With I mean, I, I use it and it's really kind of, the app is really cool, just let you know. It's a great, yeah, super <laughs> slick mobile app. Yeah. 
Um, so there's no penalty on your principal, unlike most real estate crowdfunding platforms. Uh, there is a, a very small penalty on your uh, recent dividends if you sell your shares, having owned them for less than a year, but super liquid, um, but modest return, right? 5.5% compared to 10.5% on the stock market, but very uh, safe and stable and, and uh, easy to pull your money out. All right. Streetwise is another real estate crowdfunding platform. They pay an annualized dividend of 8.4%. So it's a, it's a significantly higher dividend yield than concrete pays, but it's a five-year commitment. Now you can pull your money out early, but there is a an early withdrawal penalty if you do so, and that's on a sliding scale. So uh, the earlier you withdraw your money, the the higher the penalty, basically. Uh, and we'll add a link to the comments. Oh, you already did <laughs> for uh, for Streetwise as well. Yeah, I've got some money in Streetwise. It's a great dividend. Uh, they pay their dividend quarterly. Uh, so again, eight point four percent annual return compared to uh, the stock markets. 10.5% average return. Um, but Streetwise has been paying that 8.4% uh, dividend like clockwork, very stable investment. Uh, they own a few very, very large office complexes. Uh, so, and with, with very high end tenants like Wells Fargo and uh, I can't remember the other ones, but <laughs> very reputable tenants, uh, long term tenants. All right, Fundrise. Now, they are not a one-size-fits-all investment platform the way that Concrete and Streetwise are. Fundrise offers a whole bunch of different investments and different investing plans. Um, the two that we're going to focus on today are their, their growth plan and their income plan. And those are exactly what they sound like. The income plan has a higher dividend yield, but lower like appreciation growth, whereas the growth plan uh, has a lower dividend yield, but it aims for much higher long-term growth. Um, so you, for the growth plan, you can expect a dividend yield in the 2 to 3% range every year, um, plus appreciation in the 0 to 20% range every year, uh, just depending on how real estate does, and in particular, their properties. Uh, but they do own uh, um, apartment buildings and single-family rentals and loans. And I mean, they, they have dozens and dozens of different investment properties, some of them quite large, like large apartment complexes uh, all across the U.S. Now, when you go in to use um, fund rights, do you pick and choose the type of investment or are you just kind of? You do. Uh, if you have invested at least, uh, I think it's $1,000 is the minimum for you to select the plan. Otherwise, your money just gets put into a big pool of, uh, of investments. Um, so they have actually a series of different plans like uh, or investment levels. And the more you invest, the more control you have over picking and choosing individual investments and strategies. Um, so the growth plan, 2 to 3% annual dividend, 0 to 20% annual appreciation. Um, the, the income plan has a higher dividend yield, like 4 to 5% dividend yield. And, you know, like 0 to 15% or so annual appreciation. Uh, so in 2021, the total return for the income plan was around 18%. And that was around 5% of that was dividends and 13% of that was price appreciation. Um, the growth uh, plan you, uh, had a return of around 25% in 2021. And that was around 3% dividend yield and 22% appreciation. So um, yeah, you can earn uh, very returns from Fundrise. 
Uh, it's not, it, but it varies a lot more than Concrete and Streetwise do, which have like set returns that you're buying into. Um, so I, I love Fundrise. It's a it's a great platform. Um, and then the the fourth and final real estate crowdfunding platform we're going to offer today to com for comparing returns is Ground Floor. They have a totally different model. Uh, they let you invest in individual loans that are issued to real estate investors. So these, again, these are hard money loans. They're like short-term purchase rehab loans. So they pay between six and a half and 14 and a half percent interest each year, depending on the risk grade of the loan, the, the safer and lower risk the loan, the lower the interest rate it pays, of course. Uh, so I typically invest in C and D grade loans, and I earn an average of nine and a half to ten percent, and that is including defaults and, um, and you know people who don't pay as 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 agreed. So you uh, have experienced that, but it hasn't been as as much as the you know good good ones. Yeah, yeah. No, it. it um, now, granted, that being said, we've been in such a strong real estate market that. You know, home prices have been appreciating appreciating so fast that even if someone defaults, they can foreclose and take the property back, and it's, <laughs> it's you know you're still going to be covered. If we were in a housing market correction and, and real estate were declining in value, I would expect a lot more of those loans to default, and of those defaults, more of them to lead to true losses. Like I've actually never had a I've invested in hundreds of loans in ground floor, never actually lost money on a loan. The worst that has happened to me is that I didn't earn a return on it. I, I got my original principal investment back, but I didn't actually earn my interest on it. Uh, that was a case where the, the borrower defaulted, ground floor took the property back, and then they sold it. Uh, so there was no interest or profit on it. Uh, but I, I got 100% of my actual principal investment back. And that was the worst case scenario that I've experienced right. with them. Now, that being said, you know, a bunch of the loans are currently in default. And you know, some of them will sell and some of them will go to foreclosure and, you know, it is what it is. But that's why I only invest 10 or 20 bucks in each loan, uh, which is a nice thing about ground floor. You can invest with 10 bucks. Uh, same thing with oh, Fundrise, by the way. Minimum investment, 10 bucks. So makes it easy to diversify. Yes. And if it gives you a chance to check it out, see how it works before you put in more. Yeah. And one other thing that's nice about ground floor is that they, these are short-term loans. So you don't have your money tied up for five years like you do with most real estate invested or crowdfunding platforms like Streetwise, like Fundrise. Uh, you get your money back six to 12 months typically. So uh, yeah, so that, that should give you a sense of how different types of real estate returns compare to average stock market returns. Um, there is a study that I like. It's a few years old now, but they they compared different asset class returns uh, over the course of 145 years across 16 countries, 16 developed countries. This was mostly North America and, and Western Europe. Um, and they found that rental properties and stocks averaged a similar return across those 145 years in the low 7% range. Uh, according to this one study across all these countries. Uh, but real, uh, rental properties had half of the volatility, the price volatility that stocks do, which makes sense, right? The home prices don't bounce all around the way that um, equities do. So their point was actually that you can you can get the same high return on rental properties that you get on stocks without the risk, right? Without the volatility. Uh, but that being said, 
like we talked about earlier, rental properties take knowledge, skill, labor to invest in. Right. Stocks don't. You, anyone can go buy shares in an index fund that just mirrors the S&P 500 and doesn't require any skill, doesn't require any labor, and you get the strong returns. So I personally recommend that you invest in both stocks and real estate. They're truly apples and oranges. This whole notion of comparing the two and trying to pick one or the other, that's a losing game. The winning game is to invest in both and to get the advantages of both because those advantages complement each other, right? Like mm -hmm. stocks offer high growth, low income, um, high volatility, but also high liquidity, and they're completely passive. Real estate offers stability, but low liquidity, right? I mean, that's, and that's why the prices are so stable is because it takes so long to sell properties uh, and it costs so much money to sell them. So they don't fluctuate that much. Right. Uh, moderate to high income from real estate, but low to moderate uh, growth, price growth. You have some tax advantages for real estate, um, but direct investing requires skill and labor. So they complement each other well, invest in both. If you don't have the time or the interest in learning how to invest in rental properties, invest in real estate crowdfunding. It's really that easy. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brian. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's important to every once in a while pause and just look at the numbers on these things. Uh, so many investors have assumptions about, oh, well, you know, this is what I can earn on real estate versus this is what I can earn on stocks. Uh, but maybe they're not actually running the numbers and, and looking at historical data for that, you know? So I, I think it's important every once in a while that you pause and actually look at the historical data and you know, have, have the real numbers at your disposal. Right. And then these options are, again, good because you can go in, you can play around with them, you can try it with a little bit of money. Some of them, some of them do have minimum requirements. So it's a good way um, to kind of learn as you go and, and diversify still. Absolutely. And of the four real estate crowdfunding investments that we talked about today, uh, three out of the four, you can invest with 10 bucks. Uh, Streetwise does require a much larger minimum investment of $5,000. Um, but you can invest in concrete with $1 uh, and you can invest in ground floor or fundraise with 10 bucks. So Thanks. on that note, let us know what you guys want to hear about in the coming weeks. Uh, stay in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You know, message us through Facebook, email us at support at sparkrunnel.com, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. Absolutely. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Did you know we offer a free eight-video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.